0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Mike Zuber, One Rich Atlanta Time. And as I mentioned the daily financial news, we get lucky enough to speak with Mr. Greg Dickerson. He moved back the time slot four hours for us. So thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate it, as does the audience.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So that's, uh, I'm three hours ahead
0: of you. So that's like a seven hour time warp. Yeah, exactly. Just just all work together. So, hey, I got three exciting topics for you today uh, that I think are really in the news and the reason I want to talk about him is because if you just hear the headline, it really can freak you out. It really can scare you. But you and I have been doing this a long time. We're really in in it. And we're putting money to work all the time. So the first one I want to talk about is a concept of, is the dollar dying? Uh, we'll just start there and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. So it, Greg, what do you think? Is the dollar dying? Is king dollar dying? No, no, not at all. You know, we're just in those times where, we're
1: experiencing a lot of inflation, some of it transitory, some's here to stay. So a lot of people will equate what's going on in the money printing and things like that, you know, to the dollar devaluation. When you know what's what it's six of one half does the other. Are things getting more expensive, or is the dollar you know devaluing? Mm-hmm. You, you know, so I looked at something the other day somebody put out and showed what the price of things were back in the 70s. You know, average annual income was 20 some thousand. You know, average entry level house was like I don't know, I can't remember what it was. I'd have to look it up. I Want to say two hundred thousand, but I, I don't know. It doesn't sound. No, nineteen
0: right. seventies. I think it was like uh, twenty seven or twenty eight grand. I think, and by the end of the seventies, it was fifty six grand.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, You know, it's all relative, right? People were making less money, um, you know, so things were less expensive. And we've talked about it before as interest rates, you know, go down, people make more money, things get more expensive. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily what I'm thinking in terms of devaluing the dollar to the Mm -hmm. level that it's really a problem. You know, the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Everything we do, whether you're investing in stocks, cryptos, real estate, whatever, it's to create more dollars. I mean, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, that's what people are after is more dollars.
0: Right. Yeah. When I think about the king dollar going away, it's like my answer is the same as yours. No. But I always kind of push back. I'm like, okay, what would replace it? Right. I want to put it back on the onus of the person talking, because at that point, there's really there really isn't anything that has full faith of, you know, a legal system. Uh, doesn't have the quantities. Again, the king dollar is b- part of its size, makes it so. Uh, history, all of that. Are stuff more expensive? Is inflation real? Absolutely. But but none of that kind of takes out king dollar. And the last thing I, when I think about the dollar is anytime there's a shock, what happens? People run race to the dollar, right? Um, you know, well, the dollar, I think the dollar probably could even get stronger in a year or two, which is kind of counterintuitive. Because I think what China is going through right now will lead to a recession and potentially, I don't know, significant recession if not all-out depression in China, which is going. Yeah,
1: China—they're imploding and they're shooting yeah. themselves in the foot left and right. I mean, they're getting rid of their dollars. Uh, you know, I mean, they're just making some really, uh,
0: you know, they're unusual- treating foreign capital bad. They're going to race companies out. Now they're going to do property taxes into a falling market. I mean, you can't do. I mean, it would be hard to shoot yourself in the foot that many times.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting what they're trying to do and what they think they can do about it. And, you know, one of the things they are doing is they're, you know, buying and investing in ports around the world so they can ship their goods, you know, and not have to rely on third party ports and logistics and things like that. You know, so, I mean, they want world dominance, they want to be the largest economy, they want to be the reserve currency, but they just, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, think about the United States, it's the largest economy, it's, you know, we're governed by laws. Um, you know, we have the largest army, most powerful, you know, army, um, you know, military force to back up the value of that dollar. So, I mean, that's why everybody else in the world wants it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could something eventually replace it? I'm not going to say it can't. I mean, it's possible, but it's hard to imagine, in, especially in this day and age, what that could be because, you know, regardless of what people think, you know, the United States government and the people of the United States are really the only thing you can actually trust Mm. when it comes to having faith in a currency, right? You can't trust any other country and what they're going
0: to do. No, we've seen plenty of examples. There's, there's a lot, you know, we have high inflation here, but there is hyperinflation going on in other countries and, and all our currency devaluations. You think about what I just saw in Lebanon, uh, with their currency and and what's happened in, I think it was uh, Venezuela and. Yeah, dollar
1: devaluation. So when you think about dollar devaluation, you know, putting more currency into circulation and that, you know, there's more currency in circulation and been created, you know, in the last year than in the history of, of the world. But, you know, that was in response to the pandemic and we, where we saw before all the supply chain issues and stuff like that, the biggest inflation was at the asset level. It was all assets, all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, we're seeing it in stocks, bonds, commodities, cryptocurrencies, real estate. Um, yeah, there's still obviously little pockets of little sectors that did mm-hmm. not appreciate like certain types of commercial real estate. You still can't give away certain types of, you know, areas that property has, has gone down when the rest of the country's going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some areas of the world that are very depressed. So, you know, at the end of the day, all of the printing and stimulus that's been done and all the currency that's put, been put into circulation Really hasn't had a hyperinflationary effect yet, like everybody's concerned about. And the real question is, you know, can that continue? At what pace then can that continue? And it's an interesting question, you know, it really is, because a lot of people think you can't sustain it, that our debt's unsustainable, that the amount of money printing is unsustainable. We've been on this path, you know, really since 2009 and haven't had any real serious repercussions yet.
0: Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's something I've looked at a bunch. And again, it's, it's kind of that, what number are you looking at? There's, there's a lot of people that kind of look at the number, just the sheer size, and it's bigger than ever. So definitely a problem. However, just like buying a house, you don't buy a house based on price. Most people buy it on payment. And because this debt is being financed at generational lows, uh, the government's you know paying it back pretty easily right? It's kind of below trend. So uh, it's pretty interesting to think about. So one thing I want to kind of do a left turn on you on, just given we talked about asset values going up. I don't know if you saw this. I think it was Elizabeth Warren who initially did this when she was running for president. She talked about taxing billionaires on unrealized gains. It looks like this budget reconciliation could bring that to fruition. Of course, they will sell it as only taxing the billionaires. But just like income tax, when it was introduced in 1918 or 1919, uh, it'll eventually probably hit all of us. So I thought I'd ask you about what do you think about taxing unrealized gains in this new tax scheme they're going to throw at us?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they they can actually get that through. And it's hard to believe that the Treasury Secretary of the United States is actually proposing such a thing. I mean, it's just incomprehensible. I mean, you just it's just hard to comprehend. How do you do that? So. You go and tax everybody that has equity in their property and when it goes up, and then what do you do when it goes down? Because assets go up and down. Markets are good and bad. So, hey, tax unrealized gains now, but what if my portfolio goes down? You're going to give me the money back? You know, I mean, it just, I don't see how they could possibly pass something like that. It makes zero sense.
0: Well, uh, so I actually agree with all of that, except I think it is going to pass because they want, it, they want to spend another 1.9 or $2 trillion. They've already said they can't raise taxes on corporations um, for whatever reason. They can't do this, they can't do that. So the, they've got to, they, the whole deal of a budget reconciliation, it's gotta come at net even. So there has to be tax revenue equal to $2 trillion created. And right now this seems like a leader because it's very easy to sell. There's only a thousand billionaires or 900 or whatever the number is. But folks, I have to tell you, I, I, di- I talked about it this morning. Let's see if I have my notes. It's it's just, it's so freaky. I don't have it. Um, But yeah, yeah, there was, when the income tax was first reported, it was supposedly on, again, inflation adjusted. Anybody who made 80 grand, inflation adjusted. And you were only taxed 1%. And then they did have a second kind of millionaire tax. It was, it was at 6%. This I think was 1918. What happened once the government got that pushed through, because I'm sure they sold it the same way. Hey, we're only going to tax the rich people. We're only going to do this through that. Slowly over the course of the next 30 or 40 years, the government got addicted to a new income stream. And when they do, they spend like drunken sailors and it's our money. So I hate this idea of taxing unrealized gains, even though I'm nowhere close to that limit. It's just because I know it was a billion and then it's a hundred million and then it's 10 million and then it's a million and then it's a hundred grand. And pretty soon, we're all paying it. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, we'll see. I mean, that, that's a very difficult thing to administer and oh, to regulate. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many questions there. And, you know, you start you start going like you said, you start going after that type of thing at that level. It trickles down. But
0: yeah, I mean, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they, they, they have a spending problem, not an income problem, but they don't want to admit it. So they just kept raising, finding new ways to tax all of us eventually. Well, you
1: know, and by the way, so for people watching that don't know and, you know, haven't studied modern monetary theory, which is what we're doing, it's the mm-hmm. printing, unlimited printing of money to do everything. So how do you pull liquidity back out of the markets? You tax it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, how you, that's how you bring it back out of the economy. You know, you print and put it out there to stimulate and then you tax it back you know, to control inflation and deflate the economy a little bit. And, you know, so I mean, it's really I've thought a lot about it lately. You know, what, what is the end game here? How far can we go? How long can you keep just printing inflating the balance sheet of the Fed? And what happens when you get hyperinflation? You know, you get um, stagflation. And you know, you get recessionary times where we're actually, you know, not growing from a GDP standpoint, then how do you, how do you fix all that? You know?
0: Yeah. It's uh, well, I think you, I, I think the seventies taught us a lot, as you know, I think we're heading into, I think we're in the seventies kind of repeat just different variables. Uh, I think st- I think a lot of people are saying we're not in the seventies because in the seventies, as you, you know, or, or you'll remember, it was really an oil driven commodity driven, right? The OPEC came out, pulled back. It was a scarce resource oil was so much a part of all of our manufacturing and, and lives that it, it really was the thing. And they're like, hey, that's not happening today. Well, first off, oil is up quite a bit. But I think people are being too literal when they look for a repeat of the 70s. To me, I'm even yeah, more... We had double-digit you know, uh,
1: interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was just all kinds of things going on in the 70s that we weren't printing like we are now. We weren't doing monetary easing. We weren't doing uh, fiscal stimulus. So, you know, a lot of those things weren't happening just like the great depression yeah. and the argument from the modern monetary theory uh, is if we had done those things, we would have never had a great depression that they didn't do enough back yeah. in those days. I've heard that they didn't as well. do, yeah. you know, if they'd have done back then what we what did now in the pandemic, you wouldn't have had a depression. So yeah,
0: it would have been a bad you know, recession. Again, yeah.
1: They're just not thinking. So Janet Yellen, I mean, if she really wants to, you know, buy into this policy and this theory, forget taxing print if mm. you need money to spend on stimulus just print it you know mm. um, don't try to raise the money through taxes that makes zero sense because you got record high inflation now you want to tax you know put taxes out there I mean that's inflation's already a tax now you're going to put tax on top of it exactly. uh, you've already you know hyper values of assets uh, so people's buying power <clears throat> you know is down a little bit right now um, pretty crazy times.
0: Yeah. So in the end for video, number one, King dollar is not dying. I actually think it might get stronger in the years ahead, but not certainly not dying today. And I think we should all be concerned about this idea of a brand new income stream for the government, because once it goes through, they'll just keep moving the bar lower. And just like income taxes, where it only impacted a small percent in 1919, it impacts us all now. So Greg, thank you very much for doing this. How can people find you?
1: gregdickerson.com. All my information's there. Go check it out. YouTube podcast, social media, gregdickerson.com.
0: Yeah. You got to follow him on YouTube folks. He puts out a lot of content. He has areas of expertise that I simply do not have. Uh, and I watch his channel every week. So thank you for all you do, buddy.